You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program as your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. Today's show is the continuation of a new series called Act Two Places. I'm bringing on a series of guests to discuss how COVID-19 affected them and their organizations. As you all know, we've been hit hard with a complete, hopefully temporary, change of lifestyle and business systems during this pandemic, and theater wasn't spared. In fact, theater has undergone one of its biggest shifts, if not the biggest shift, in modern history of theater. This series gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of this shift on them and their organizations. My guest on today's show is Larry Little of CPA Theatricals, located in Chicago, Illinois. Fans of the podcast may recognize him from an earlier show as my guest on episode 21, which highlighted the New York Musical Festival run of his incredible show, Numbers Nerds, now known as the 57th Annual Mathlete Summit, the almost all-girl math musical. I also interviewed his music team for the show, composer David Kornfeld and lyricist Alex Higginhauser. They're on episode 20. CPA Theatricals has a unique, highly sensical way of creating and developing musicals, and I'm super excited to have Larry back to enlighten us on how CPA Theatricals is handling the COVID-19 crisis and their plans for reemergence. Now, Larry was interviewed at a different time to accommodate schedules, so you may hear differences in audio here and there. Not that that takes away from the interview. I'm just letting you know up front, just in case things sound a little different from what you're hearing right now. So, without further ado, I give you Larry Little from CPA Theatricals. Hi, Larry, and welcome back to your program is your ticket. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Doing great on this gray day here in New York City. How are things in Chicago? It's gray and it's 40 degrees. Not <sighs> good. Yikes. It's like, that's, that's like sweater weather, scarf weather, Uggs weather, if you wear Uggs. Yeah, my so husband. it's raining a little bit, so it's, it's just unpleasant all around. Glad to be inside today. 
Right. <laughs> Indeed. Um, now, you've been on the show before, and I'm so excited that you come back. I love CPA theatricals. I love your your business model. Um, so for, for the new listeners, please give us a brief history of CPA theatricals and how you create and develop theater. And tell us what makes your... Um, your creating and developing style so unique. Great. Uh, CPA Theatricals is a nonprofit organization. I started it in 2003. Uh, we'd only produced a couple shows at that point, and uh, in 2015 is when we started producing full time. And um, what we focus on is creating and developing new musicals for underserved populations. And what I learned pretty quickly was um, that people kept saying to me, we need more shows, more musicals featuring strong young women. So all of our shows uh, feature majority women in in strong roles. uh, And and what we have found a little niche in that... uh, Schools, universities, middle and high schools, community theaters uh, have really been very receptive to the products that we have uh, created. Um, We also, I I have a different kind of approach to creating shows. I've seen many, many new musicals, as I'm sure you have and many people in your audience with all the festivals and all that. Uh, I create the story. I create the character. Then my company commissions a writing team to create the musical. Uh, it is my job then to develop that music, musical through readings, through workshops, through rewrites, uh, and eventually full production. But here's also a way that we're unique. And that is I start my story and characters come from somebody telling me or me learning of a need. So let me give you an example. Um, after my uh, uh, show that went to New York, 57th National Mathlete. Uh, Which I love. Uh, ah, love thank you. Thank you. We, we've had a lot of success with that. It's now being licensed by theatrical rights, rights worldwide, and we're very grateful about that. Um, Well-deserved. So, yeah, thank you. Somebody came to us and came to me and said, you know what? I really wish you'd do a Christmas show. There are really no great Christmas shows with a bunch of roles, leading roles for young women. And I thought about that and I did a little research and I went, my God, I, I, I couldn't find any. So I created um, The Land of Forgotten Toys, a Christmas musical. Uh, and that has four strong leading women roles. Um, and that took quite a while to do, we, uh, you know, but it started from a need. It started from somebody saying to me, I wish there was this out there. Um, I think as we, as we're going to get later on, we're going to talk about the zoom musical that we created, but that that's in which that's a way in which we are really, uh, unique in that I find an, I hear or learn about a need and I create a show to meet that need. Excellent. Now, I know that CPA, or I feel like CPA, those letters have a, a double meaning for your company. Ah, you're smart. Did, yes, yes. did, I, did, I, did I get that? Did I like read into that well? <laughs> Tell yes. us about that. Well, first of all, CPA Theatrical stands for Creative Productions and Theatricals. Uh, but the truth is, I'm a CPA. 
and my accounting firm was named the ACT Group. Before I was an accountant, I was a performer. I was a director and a producer. And um, when I formed my nonprofit, I thought, uh, actually, a friend of mine in New York gave me this idea. Uh, let's just do the opposite. Instead of ACT, let's do CPA. So that's where it is. That's where it comes from. Um, I'm, I'm no longer practicing as a CPA. I, I produce full-time right now, uh, but I still am a CPA, and I had a, CP, a previous career as a CPA. Did you do that on purpose? Do what? Did you name CPA theatricals, CPA theatricals, because those are the initials that um, are part of the name, but, but because you're also a CPA. Absolutely, that's why I did it. Just so like smart. I, just, just like when I started my CPA firm, I named it ACT because I was an actor, uh, and I wanted that to be a, as part of that. You know, I, my previous career, I was a CPA, and I went into that kicking and screaming. You know, I when I left show business at in my late twenties, early thirties, I went into a deep, deep depression, sure. and I, I spent two weeks, you know, just crying and saying, "But I left it. I left it all completely." Um, but my goal was always to return to it at some point, at some point after I made enough money, after I was at a point in my life, I was going to return to show business. Uh, but I always had a little bit of that uh, theater background, the showbiz in me as I ran my CPA firm. I worked with, did a lot of tax returns for actors and theater companies and a lot of nonprofit audits for theater company, uh, for theater companies and uh, other nonprofits in the arts. Um, so I always kind of had my hand in it there. Very cool. I just thought that was so clever. I think that's so clever. I really do. Well, um, I'd and, love and I to can... take credit for that, but I didn't come up with it. A friend of mine in New York said, you know, why don't you name your company, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, what a great idea. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I mean, you took it and you you ran with it. And, you know, kudos to you and your friend who came up with the idea. It's, it's, I always think that it's really, really important to have good names, uh, titles and things like that. I mean, it's really, it's the, it's the intro to the business or the production or, or what the play, the musical, whatever it is. And I could totally relate to having to pull away from, from theater to do uh, other things. I mean, I've had to do that before and it's, um, it's sad. Sometimes life gets in the way and you have to do it, uh, but it never, ever, ever leaves. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, mine was just a little peculiar in that I, I performed. I, I was a performer, actor, singer, dancer for a long time, and I did the show of my lifetime. And in the middle of our long run, I got stage fright. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really? In the middle of the show, I, we're actually five minutes before the show is about to go on, I got stage fright. Knowing you, I could, I just can't imagine you getting stage fright. Yeah, that's what everybody says that. But you know uh, what? It's terrifying. And sure. it was enough that I said to myself after that performance, I said, I'm never doing this again. And I never performed again. Oh, I, so I, you, I trans, 
I transitioned into directing and producing, but that was it. That was it. That was it. <sighs> and then the other impetus for me really giving everything up was I was doing some print work at the time and I got a big fat print job and it paid me a ton of money and I bought a condo with it. And I thought, you know, this having money is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So it was all those things that coupled that I said, I'm going to give up show business altogether. Wow. Well, it's like I always say, you got to water the money tree. You really do. <laughs> you just, you have to. Yeah, I mean. you do. And yeah. I, at that, at that critical age of late twenties, early thirties, you know, you got to, you got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. That is sort of the point of view of the twenties and thirties uh, individual. Well, speaking of theater never going away, um, we're in the middle of this COVID crisis and theater has just been unfortunately so diminished. And I, I think that one of the things that we're seeing is the strength of theater and that people are doing theater differently for a while. A lot of these people are actually finding new ways to do theater that they're going to incorporate once we're all um, vaccinated and we get out of COVID or we have herd immunity or whatever, whatever it is. Um, tell us how the COVID crisis affected CPA theatricals. Uh, what were those first few days like uh, when we all had to shut down? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we all have stories like this, but I was scheduled to go to, Mar- uh, to New York, March 17th. I had a week planned. I, uh, I was, uh, meeting with the licensing company about handing over my next two shows. I had two Broadway producers who was scheduled, who I was scheduled to meet with because they just saw my Christmas show. It was just kind of on and on and on and on. It was great. And of course, four days before, five days before, everything shut down. Slam, yeah. So I took, you know, the same month that everybody took and was depressed and in denial and got angry and all that stuff and stayed at home. And by the way, the weather in Chicago at that time was horrible, horrible. You couldn't go outside. It was raining and snowing and you couldn't get any exercise. And we had stay at home orders. And it was just awful, awful. Um, and then I got an email from a teacher who said to me, please, can you help us? We were scheduled to do Matilda. They canceled us the day before we opened. I have 34 students who have two and a half more months of school left and they are depressed and angry. And is, can you do, please find some way to create a zoom musical. And I wrote her back and I said, Oh, thank you very much. I wish I could help you. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know how to do that. I had every excuse in the world. And, um, and then about a week later I was meeting via zoom with one of my uh, uh, mentors And I told him the story and he said to me, stop right there. You must say yes to every opportunity that comes along right now. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about how it works. Don't worry about how you can do it. You'll figure it out, but you must Mm -hmm. say yes. Yeah. And I took a week, I'm sorry, I took a day and I thought about this and I really just tried to wrap my brain around this. And I talked to my husband, and the next day I wrote the woman. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, but I'm going to do this. And um, in the next five weeks, I created a Zoom musical. And it came out of nowhere. And I, I did a series of interviews with a whole bunch of students, middle school, uh, 
several versions of high schools, uh, people from all over the country, and we created, and they gave me the ideas, and I created the characters for a show called The Mystery of Custodia. Um, by the way, I started that conversation with asking the students, you know what, I'm going to do this. What should I create? You know, should it be a drama? Should it be a comedy? Should it be a mystery? Should it be a farce? Should it be a mockumentary? And almost unanimously, they said mystery. And then I said, well, you know, what's mysterious to you? And they, they pretty quickly said, well, we know we have school, we have home, and we have church. That's about all our lives and sports. So I narrowed it down and kept asking questions. And finally, one teenager said to me, you know what I always found mysterious was that whole basement of the school, you know, custodia. And, and I said, wait a minute, what's custodia? And she said, well, that's what we call where the janitors live, where they keep their stuff. And I said, can I steal that name? She said, of course. So that's how we came up with the title. I took a week to create the characters and write the story. I hired my, uh, I, hired, I, I, I gathered my team together and I said, here's the deal. You have to give me 100%. If you cannot devote all of your time to this, say no, because I'll find somebody who can. Everybody was out of work at that point. Right. And so I quickly found my team. I told the book writer, you have one week to write the book. You don't have eight days. You have one week based on my story. Uh, and then I told the composer, he has one week to write 13 songs. Well, that wasn't very easy. <laughs> and because I have to approve everything, he said to me, okay, I'll do it, but you have to approve my songs within two, uh, two hours. And I said, I'll do that. And I approved everything except the finale. And I said, I think you can do better. And he got a little angry with me. And then, of course, he wrote the best finale in the world. And we took a week to uh, polish it. Uh, meanwhile, I was uh, trying to uh, get some pilot productions, and I got three pilot productions right away. Three teachers said, I'll do it right away. I'll do it. I'll do it. So we did the pilot productions, and uh, so in seven weeks, everything was done. Wow. And, yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, it was beyond what I could have imagined. And the show's good. That's the funny part. The show's good. You know, there's a bunch of Zoom musicals out there. Some of them are not so good. Uh, but I wanted it to really be good. I, I wanted the music to be great. I wanted the characters to be funny. I kept saying, we got to do a comedy because nobody wants to talk about this damn pandemic. You know, right. I mean, they all want to, but we, we really want to. One little, one little girl said to me, you know, she was about eight. And she said, I'm just tired of this. Can we just not have a show about COVID? And I went, okay, okay, okay. And I really felt her pain and I really heard what she was saying because, you know, a surprising amount of students wanted a show about this, you know, and I said, and then a teacher said to me, there's already a couple shows out there, uh, you know, do something different. So I did. And um, so, so we created this and uh, on a lark, on a lark, I kind of hit, you know, uh, uh, you know, the lottery and um, I've given over 800 perusal copies away at this cool. point. Cool. And we've had almost 40 productions, 40 licenses so far. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and that didn't really start till August, September. So many, many teachers and, and community theaters had already chosen their season 
Um, I, I have a, a, a theater in um, Texas who's a community theater, and they're doing this with adults. And they're doing it on the stage, but no audience. Right. And they're filming it that way. Um, I, I am still shocked by how many, what the different uh, precautions are across the country. I mean, I'm sure you're reading this stuff too. There are community theaters and schools doing full productions, whether or without masks, I don't know, with a full audience. You know, I'm still in shock over that. Right, um, yeah. we, uh, we, we say to our, our um, uh, when we license the show, we say to them, please follow the guidelines of the CDC and your local um, uh, health department. Um, don't put people's lives in danger. And um, uh, there's a, a educational a theater educational program that came out with a long list of uh, precautions that schools should use. Uh, so did the um, American Association of Community Theaters and uh, university uh, theaters as well. So we just hope everybody's playing safe, but they're still doing theater, whether it's a Zoom musical, whether it's a socially distanced musical, or it's full musical. They're still doing theater. The professional world hasn't made that leap yet. Not in Chicago. There is nothing going on in Chicago. Nothing on the live stage. Um, you know, nothing outside. So the transition was 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 slow but fast. And <laughs> kind of rode rode away. Love that. Um, uh, you know, here's one other thing, and that is when Mystery of Custodia took off. I had somebody say to me, "I love your Christmas show. Can't you adapt this to be socially distanced?" Oh, and I thought, oh my God, how do we do this? There's all these characters, there's dialogue, there's group numbers. And I talked to my dramaturg, who was also a university teacher and a director. And he said, I said, put your director hat on and tell me, can, can we do this? And he said, well, I don't know. Let's try. So in about four weeks, we then took our Christmas show, The Land of Forgotten Toys, and adapted it for virtual staging, meaning no touching, everybody's six feet apart, there's only one group number in the end, everything else is a solo, uh, it, it's all meant to be socially distanced, wearing masks, um, and uh, so that became available, an adaptation of our full-length Christmas show. I was going to ask, are you, uh, do you, have you set a goal with uh, your teams to make shows like the mystery of custodia, something that can be a fully staged production once we're through COVID and we can have audiences and, and, um, you know, actual plays that we had before. Yeah. Can it be done that way? Absolutely. Well, certainly land of forgotten toys. It's already a full production. We just adapted it the other way around. So they could just do the full production. Um, I, I have a, 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 a school uh, that has all levels from grade school all the way up to adults that was, has already booked the mystery of custodia as a full production. Cool. They're not going to do it yet. They can't do it yet, but they, they paid the license fee. They're going to do it. And I, it never occurred to me that this could be done. And the, the director said, Oh yeah, I can very easily see this done on the stage. And so I thought, Oh, hallelujah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's more opportunities to do, the great work that you 
develop and create. And, yeah. and that's, that's great. I've, I've often said that it's when we're, we're pushed and we feel like we're against the wall as artists that we start to come up with these ideas we would have never come up with before because we get in a comfort zone. Right. That's it's so, so true. You know, I never would have done this if that teacher hadn't reached out to me and said, why can't you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would never have done this unless my mentor said to me, you must do this. Um, and then, I, you know, how on earth do you create a musical? It's only 35 minutes long, but still has to have a beginning, a middle and end. The second song is the I want song. You have the 11 o'clock number. You've got the big reveal. You know, how do you do this in five weeks? You know, yeah. but... At that point, as just as you said, everything was, you know, nobody had jobs. Nobody, right. Everybody had all this creative energy, and they'd all been, you know, in their house for five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny because I uh, was doing some projects, and part of it involved utilizing actors. And a lot of actors that I wanted to utilize, well, not a lot, but a few, um, they they were busy. And... Then all of a sudden, you know, COVID comes and and everyone got um, unbusy pretty fast. And so it's, I mean, beneficial for me, but, you know, there's 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 still, you know, grasping for work and things like that. And I, I was glad to give them the work that, right, right, that, right, right. that they had. Um, it, it, aside from, I, okay, first I have to say, Larry Little gets more done before seven o'clock in the morning than most people get done all week. Well, <laughs> you're absolutely true. That is my that is my that is my creative time. I'm a morning person. Uh, I had friends in college who used to say to me, "If the phone rings before eight a.m., you know who it is." <laughs> that was before the internet. Yes, I do. I'm a morning guy. You know, I. When I'm in production, I, I'm at starting at five thirty in the morning. Wow! But I'm in bed I, at nine o'clock, so that's okay. <laughs> I am too, but I'm usually watching TV. And at five o'clock in the morning, the only thing I'm really looking at is the back of my eyelids. <laughs> so. it takes me a little while. I'm start at five thirty, but I'm up about five thirty six thirty. Yes. Oh, wow, it's that's that's great. Uh, now, aside from the speed and the productivity, because that that was definitely a must. Have you adjusted any uh, any other of your systems or creation uh, or developmental process while still staying true to your mission statement? Is there anything else that you wanted to to add in uh, above and beyond that example? That's a it's a that's a great question. Um, Thank you. One of the uh, you know, one of the things that we did do is we do musicals. This is what we do. We do musicals. But a teacher wrote me actually on Facebook and said, I have non-singers this year. You have no plays. And so we converted Mystery of Custodia to a play. And we had all these sound effects. We added sound effects. We added additional scenes. Um, and you know, did I ever think I'd be creating and developing plays? No. So we did kind of open that door, uh, which, which was a very surprising thing. And uh, we've had a bunch of licenses for that already. Wow. Uh, we, you know, our whole point is we want to give schools, teachers, drama, coaches, community theaters, universities options. Because right now, that's what they don't have. 
They don't have it. As you all know, Zoom plays and musicals, musicals are almost impossible on Zoom and they're challenging and, you know, they're awful to watch. And if they're longer than 35 minutes, you want to slit your wrists, you know, it, it's, and the, there's delays and the green screens don't work so well. Anyway, on and on and on. So keep it short, keep it fast, keep it funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But right now is, is to stay, I, I, I keep saying to everybody around me, I have to stay flexible and I have to stay open. Good. Good. I think being nimble is really, really helpful in this day and age because everything changes from one day to the next. Oh, sure. Does. And, and you, you just, you just, you never know. And it's like any other tra- uh, trauma that people are going through. Um, we're all always grasping for theories and solutions and whys and, and how comes. And it's, um, it's, so it's important that we just go, okay, today is today. Today is today. What's on the things? What's on my schedule to do? Make sure I fill it up with a few more things to, so that the week is full. Look, look to next week after that. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard for me. I don't know if that's hard for you, but I, I, I've got one of those minds that projects, you know, five months ahead of time, even though I sleep a lot and I sleep in, I still do that. Too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have, I have two big whiteboards in my office. You saw one earlier. I'm and, looking at them right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the one that, that you cannot see are my goals, the new sh- ideas for shows, my long-term strategy, and people I want to connect with this week. Wow. Okay, so I see two whiteboards, which means you actually have three. Because I can't see the <laughs> oh, third. Oh yeah, one. you're right. You see, that, that, that was paper. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if if you'd be so kind as to indulge me, you were talking about um, how difficult it is to produce music and musical numbers uh, on Zoom. Um, I I wrote a musical called Running, and recently we we recorded during COVID five. Uh, of the solos there's five characters and each one is has their own solo and i did a, a video of it and it's uh it's if you go to my facebook page or running uh musical it's it's i i actually did a video explaining how intricate that is <laughs> and because you talk about the delay and we got our engineer in there and he's talking about how to do it and putting it all together it's it is really really complicated and takes like five people in in five different locations it's really it's crazy and i knew nothing about this so i had to do all this research and then what we did is when 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 they buy the license to our virtual shows they get a production guy and this production guy shows them how to do it and then i hired a company to show to create uh, uh, youtube videos this is how you create a song. This is how you edit it. Uh, and he did these videos, and so they now have access to someone who shows them piece by piece by piece how to do it. Oh, yeah. This is how you want your students to record their song. Uh, yeah, so it, you know, I had to learn all that. Uh, and I had to hire people to create YouTube videos. But when teachers tell you, I don't know how to do this, I've never done this, I'm computer illiterate, I say, here's the production guide. It really is very simple. Uh, there is a really simple, easy way to do to, And by the way, a true Zoom musical, meaning there's no dialogue. It's all solos and monologues. That's what Mystery of Custodia is, and that's what works best. 
There's no delay. There's right. no delay. It's just everybody does a solo or their and or their monologue, and it just moves to the next. The easiest way to do that is put it on a YouTube playlist. And yeah. it just goes one after the next. There's really no delay. Yeah. If you want, if you have no editing skills and you have a, a crappy computer, put it on a YouTube playlist, and it works fine. Wow. A great advice. See, he probably had that figured out, folks, within, I don't know, two or three hours of having this idea. If not I know, true, not if I know true. <laughs> I interview a thousand people like you do. I, I steal everything. I, I, you know, everybody, I, I keep saying, how do you do this? How much do you pay for that? Where did you get this person? Do you know anybody mm-hmm. who helped with this? Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody thinks I'm, I'm sure they say, oh, that nosy guy. But I, I'm not afraid to ask those questions. How else do you You have learn? to. You have to learn. Exactly. And, and the truth is almost everybody helps you out. Sure. Very rarely will I get somebody to say, I'm uncomfortable telling you that. Yeah. My experience is that if they're uncomfortable telling someone that they usually don't know. And it, <laughs> it, that's just, a, I mean, it's so hard for people to say, you know, I don't really know. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's, if, if they get defensive or they're just being protective of their knowledge and, right. You know, the the world is just so much bigger now because of the Internet that it's easy to find the answers if from someone else or something else. Yeah. So yeah, let's all that. let's all try to help each other during this. It's, it's so important that. right now. We are all yeah. in this together. It's, it is so true. It is so true. Indeed. Now, let's uh, give some love to your team uh, for the mystery of Custodia. Talk about them. Oh, great. So um, I started with interviewing the students. And from there, I created about six characters. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, geez, I really need some help developing this story. So I brought, uh, uh, I brought in um, uh, Nick Reinhardt and Frankie Leo Bennett. And through Zoom, several days a week, we uh, fleshed out the story. Um, you know, I would say, you know, I'm not sure that this works here. Nick, what do you think about this? And he would say, no, I think we need something like this. And then Frankie would jump in. I got it. How about, how about if we draft up, 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 up? So together we kind of created, um, uh, developed that story. They were incredible. Um, uh, and, and then we had the book writer and uh, the composer lyricist, the closer lyricist, uh, is Dylan Marcarell, a New York guy, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, Mike Ross wrote the book. And both of them are Dominus Gill's fellows this year. They just won the Big Fat Award. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, and they're they're just incredible guys. And, uh, you know, Mike is a late-night worker, and we <laughs> have it on Google Docs. So, you know, you see that he's putting things in at 4 in the morning and, um, right. And Dylan is one of these guys who is a genius. He could, and he wrote the book and he wrote the music and the lyrics for it. So big shout outs, love to all of them. And, and then we had to test it. So we, I asked a handful of actors. The show has 17 scenes. And if you have, if you have 34 kids, you can do a 34 kid zoom. You can do split the roles or you can do it with as little as nine. I think I have had a teacher do it with a little nine when they double up roles. Sure. And I had a, um, 
I hired a handful of actors and we sat in a huge room all wearing masks and we read the show twice, three times after we changed it. Uh, and then we went right away into our pilot productions. Good. Yeah. Excellent. So big shout out to a class act in Champaign, Illinois, and Karen Pianchi in Gurney, Illinois, for Viking uh, Middle School, and Tina Reynolds for uh, Ovation Performing Arts. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for all those. And Don Terrio um, in Chicago for creating a Chicago production. It was, it was great. Very happy. Wow. Just you're, you're, you're doing great. I mean, seriously, I'm, this I'm is awesome. I'm very blessed. I'm very, very blessed. No, you no, know, you, you're, you're blessed, but you work hard for it and you recruit great talent and, um, you know, pat yourself on the back. I know people who are very driven. We don't pat ourselves on the back often enough. It's always, okay, I've accomplished that. What's next? Thank you. But, thank you. But, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Welcome. You know, I am, I am one teeny cog in this. One of the things that I am really great at is getting a whole bunch of people in the room and directing a project. I'm good at saying, why didn't that work? What did you think about that character? When she did this, what was your feeling about that? What about the arc of the story? I'm really good at getting, you know, uh, convening a group of people and getting them to work on a project. I think that just comes from my years in the CPA firm. Well, it's it's also that you are, I would say, I would say you're a born leader. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. You're probably one of those people that if you walk in a room under any other circumstances or just non-theatrical circumstances and there's chaos and confusion, your mind is immediately solving every single problem and getting everybody in line to eliminate that. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Well, it's that, you know, I, I'm going to say that a little differently. And that is what I've learned after all the committees I've been on, all the boards I've been on. Nothing is worse than a bad president. Nothing is worse than a bad leader. Mm-hmm. That just drives me insane. So if you've got a great leader, I'll be happy to be number two, three, four, or a follower. Oh boy, if you've got a bad leader, I'm going to be the first one to say, here, can I, can I, how can I help out? When's right. your term up? Yeah. Right. And, and one of the things that I'm, I'm finding in doing this series of shows is that um, the leaders are all stepping up. They are. Oh, fascinating. That's oh, great to hear. It's one of the themes, and, and I think that that's one of the things about leadership is that you, it can be developed, it can be instilled, but for the most part, it's inside. And what the leader does is, it says, is the leader says, you know, we need to pull this together. We need to get things back on track. We need to make the proper adjustments that we need to make, and we need to keep going. 
and uh, and and uh, it's 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 great. I love it yeah. because it's and it we just, need to listen to each other. True, very you true. Know, and we need to listen to each other. One of the pivotal moments in one of the shows that I created, the idea came from the drummer. We were in the show and we were in the talkback session and, you know, the elephant in the room was there and, you know, someone said, I don't think this really works. And I said, does anybody have a possible solution? And no one said anything at all. And the drummer said, well, you know, I think blah, 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 blah. And then we all looked at each other and went, you know, that might work. That's drummers, percussionists have great ideas. I've often said that they're the, they're the heartbeat of the music. Yeah. They, and the truth you is, know. you know, they sit back in those tech rehearsals and they've done a million shows and, mm-hmm. you know, and how many people ask their opinion? Exactly. And, and again, that's that's another example of good leadership is is being open to other people's ideas and and uh, opening up the room because you will get a lot of great ideas. And yeah. a good leader also needs to be able to say, you know, maybe not for this show, yeah. but. Another show, although I appreciate you having the yes. idea. Yeah. So you're not shutting me the, the person down as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's one one of the things point. that I always talk about when we're um, in that talk back session, in the creative session, is it is not helpful for you to say, I didn't like this. This didn't work for me without having a solution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how helpful is it to say, I just didn't like that. She rode that bike at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us why. Tell how else could be, you know, how else could it be ha- handled? What else do you suggest? It, you know, it just is so unhelpful when people are just so negative about that, about something without having a potential solution. Right. I mean, I may, I might say, I don't, I don't know why, but that feels wrong. And I personally don't have a solution, but I'm opening it up to, I'm, I'm willing to hear yeah. Yeah. solutions for that and and you will not only is it good for morale but it also just develops the musical and or, or the piece into such a a wonderful stronger yeah. uh show uh, and and i mean i completely agree with that and, and and one last thing about that and that is if you many times and i i really say to people if you're gonna say you don't want something you don't like something just think of anything that you think in replacement, because sometimes you say something outrageous and it clicks in somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So she doesn't take the motorcycle. She takes a boat. Well, she can't take a boat, but she could float in an iceberg, you know, something like that, you know? So it's helpful just to, when you say "It, it doesn't work for me and it doesn't do this, but maybe she could blah, 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 blah. It may wow. not be the right solution, but it, it creates a brainstorming session. And sometimes it, it really creates a genius solution. Yeah, it sometimes is, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. it, it, it opens it up as opposed to shuts it down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about Chicago overall. You were mentioning earlier that that really – not a lot with theater is going on in Chicago. Um, not you... live on stage. There's okay. not nothing live on stage. There are, you know, we have wonderful Porchlight that is just continuing to do. I um, love Porchlight. I do. Oh, they're c- continuing to do incredible 
uh, Zoom and video shows. Um, uh, you know, there's a hand. Goodman is now streamed there. Death of a Salesman. Uh, Steppenwolf is starting to do stuff. I think Writers Theater is starting to do stuff. That you know, they they are starting very very slowly. And a handful of shows are, are doing plays. I uh, uh, I watched a uh, a Zoom uh, reading of a brand new musical a couple of weeks ago. Very very slowly, things are starting to take off, but absolutely nothing live on the stage. Nothing. And you know, the sad part is we've had a whole bunch of theaters close. Yeah, just close. That sucks. They can't pay their rent. Can't pay their rent during this time. You close your doors. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's same out here. I mean, a lot of it. A lot of the theaters are are ensembles, and they out here in New York, they they for lack of a better phrase, they theater hot. They they rent out the theater that is best for them, and their productions are all over town. But a lot of Theaters in Chicago have their own space. Yes. Many of them do. You know, we are known for storefront theaters. That's right. that's where what we are known for, these teeny tiny little theaters. And you see some huge shows in these teeny spaces. And they're so creative. And the staging mm-hmm. is great. The talent is on the, the state on the stage is spectacular. The lighting design knocks your socks off. Uh, that's what we're known for. But, you know, when is that coming back? Yeah. Because there's 40 seats in that audience, you know, yeah. and uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day and I said, it is the paying audience that matters. Yeah, you and your friends might want to go, but you aren't paying to see the show. When is that paying audience going to come back to those small little theaters? And I don't know that. I don't know that. Can you venture a theory as to when you think that will return? Oh, I think it's, I think it's going to take a vaccine. Yeah. You know, and consider this, the people that are paying for them are age, same thing in New York, 50 mm-hmm. to 70. Right. <laughs> you know, those exactly. are the people that, you know, that can pay that. And in Chicago, where prices are cheap, you know, 25 to 45 bucks. Uh, but still, they're not going to sit in a teeny tiny little storefront with no ventilation, one bathroom, you know, jam packed with people and 10 actors on a stage. Right. Yeah, and 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 the actors like a foot away from you. And the actors a foot away from you, singing, singing. I saw a production of of uh, of um, Bridges of Madison County. It was a spectacular production, but they were four feet from me, two inches from each other, screaming into their faces. It was so powerful that couldn't happen to me. It couldn't. Oh happen. yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. And it, what's amazing is how quickly we've learned when we see things on TV. Uh, or when we're watching, you know, uh, a, a theater platform in one of the shows, it's like that. There's no way your mind quickly goes into what we've been conditioned for the last six or seven months. Yeah. Um, I've uh, now I've heard that in like uh, London, London is doing. They're advancing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they've had. I remember I was talking about this before that I read that there was a a production of Jesus Christ Superstar in, I think it was Regent's Park Theater that went up about like two months ago. And it was all like COVID rehearsed where the director had plexiglass in front of him and, and, or in between he and the actor. um, And, and that, but it was also in an outdoor theater. Right, right, right. Right. So do you, do you, 
do you see anything like that occurring under those circumstances or well, do you think we're still concerned? So let, that's a great question. I, in I, it was probably May or June, uh, an artistic director from one of the big companies came to me and said, let's do an outdoor production of, of Land of Forgotten Toys this November, December. And I said, what are you talking about? Chicago in the wintertime, no one's going to stand outside, blah, 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 blah. And he said, the biggest event in Chicago uh, in, in the Christmas time is the uh, zoo lights at Lincoln Park Zoo. Mm. And the truth is, I go there every year. And you freeze your ass off, and you look at these lights, and you're outside, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And, and he, he said, I have this great idea how to do this. We make a moving stage. So we spend 10 minutes here, 10 minutes at the next spot, 10 minutes there, outside. I thought, what a great idea. And our show was designed like that. What a great idea. Well, we went to pretty much all the big companies and no one said, they all said, no, we're not touching. We're not doing any outdoor theater. We're not doing anything live outside. Actually, the <sighs> one person that really pushed me to do it was Chris Jones, the, the theater the, the critic theater from Chicago Tribune. He just kept yeah. saying, I think this is a great idea. I think you should find a producing partner to do it. And we went to all the big ones and they all said, no, we're just too scared. We're not doing anything outdoor. Yeah, no dice. I remember reading, a, I think it was like a month, maybe two months ago, that there was somebody tried to put up a show. I think it was about Judy Garland or Eliza Minnelli. Yeah. And and it was all done COVID friendly, and yeah. the the that seats didn't work out so well. Yeah, and it it's it had to shut down right yeah. away because no one got just, sick. It just yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it it didn't it didn't do yeah, so it was not a good thing. Wow. Now, are you finding that you um, are more active in in your approval process uh, based upon COVID? I know you t- talked about that a little bit a little bit earlier, but Will you, based upon what you understand the school or theater company is going to do with the project, will you put the kibosh on it? Or will you adjust things or make them adjust things? Oh, no. I mean, once I license it, I stay out of the way. Okay. Uh, and and, I, and all, all my shows are licensed right now, by, are licensed to a company. So I, I stay, I'm completely out of it. So Mystery Custodia, Land of Forgotten Toys, and my other show, Girlhood, is all being licensed by stage rights. They, they, uh, uh, it, you know, the, they wanted Mystery of Custodia. They wanted the show that had a whole bunch of licenses, and we brokered the deal. You, you want one, you got to take them all. And they said, went to look at them. They saw the scripts, all the videos, and said, and music, and they were like, great, these all look wonderful. We'll take them. So I stay out of that. I have nothing to do with how they do it. Uh, you know, we give them full uh, streaming rights as part of this. Um, they can do that's all part of the the contract. That's that's probably smart because once you start getting involved with it, then if anything happens, then it's like it's I I wasn't I didn't make any decisions on this. Right. I just Nothing basically that's right. That's right. Right. That's right. Right. Granted them the rights for performance, and that's 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 smart. I wouldn't yeah. have, have thought that. Yeah. Um, now I think I think you've already you may have already answered this question, but if you have a bigger answer or another answer, it would be great. But what is what are some of the positive surprises um, that have occurred with CPA theatricals 
as a result of COVID and its effect on theater. I know you talked about um, uh, that, that it's, since it's, you found a a niche and you found a need and it's, it's booming for you. Um, Is there anything else, maybe something personal that you've learned about yourself? Um, Well, I haven't really thought about that. Uh, Let let me say that, you know, what has really surprised me is how many people now want to, you know, that you would never think would be open to t- chatting. You know, here's this Broadway producer. Is, does he want to do it? Can I just have a quick little conversation with you? Sure. Well, that never would have happened during, if it wasn't COVID, I'm sure. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has more free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I've been really lucky to be, reach out to people and say, can I just chat with you about this idea that I have? Um, I, I'm one of these people, I don't have this instant feedback. So many people say, I know immediately if this idea worked, I know immediately, that's not me. I got to sit with it. I got to think about it. I got to talk to people about it. I got to let it rumble in my head uh, before it comes, before I come to a conclusion, before I, before the idea is fully formed. Um, And I've been very pleasantly surprised how many people have said, yeah, let's chat. Yeah, I'll I'll talk with you about that. Yeah, let me read that and give you some feedback on that. Wow. So that is a, uh, that's a very positive thing. It it is. I found that there's been a bit of a this is kind of a rough phrase for it, but uh, a leveling of the playing field. Everybody oh, everybody has only the same limited options, and even if they were, you know. Uh, up here, they have to come down to here or they, they have to, that's again, it's, this is very rough. And, um, uh, but it, we all only have certain things that we can do. And the key word in that is all. Yeah. And uh, what I like about, about what you've done and your success and other, other people that I've interviewed is they have, you all have, taken those boundaries and you found, you said, what can we do in this very, very limited uh, uh, sort of um, uh, continuum and how can we make that the most dynamic we can for everyone? Um, And I think that's, that's, I think that's really cool. I really do. It's, that's the one thing I've learned. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when you're at your most vulnerable, sometimes you can be your most creative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's like the lighting designer of, of a show like the Bridges of Madison County in a teeny tiny theater. You only have so many options, so you got to get really creative. And it's those moments of creativity where the genius really sparks. Yeah, I and agree. You, yeah, it's, it's, you know, again, it's, it's shaking a lot of people up. It's getting, it's making people think differently. And I think that that's something that they're going to take into uh, into when we're out of COVID and, and, and it's, it's opening our minds artistically. And I, that's, that's the way I try to think about it. You know, when I'm, when I get a little down. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great. We're, we're all trying to pull this thing, pull, try to pull together. Mm-hmm. You got to move past that depression. You know, it's not easy to do, but 
the, the floodgates will open. Be open and receptive to what the good that's coming toward you. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the good and or the good after. Um, what does CPA theatricals look like after we're all vaccinated and we get out of COVID and we can get back to, quote unquote, you know, normal, regular theater? What, is, what does it look like? Steady as she goes <laughs> is the answer. We continue to create and develop new musicals. We're not a producing organization. Yes, we have produced shows. But that is not what I want to focus on. Right. Um, steady as she goes, we want to continue uh, uh, producing, creating, and developing new plays and musicals based on needs that we have learned about for underserved audiences. Excellent, excellent. So there's, I, I, I can feel that you know, learning to be nimble in there too. That's that's very cool. That's that's that's, that's awesome. Uh, before we go, can you go ahead and tell our audiences where they can find CPA theatricals uh, on, on social media? If there is one particular site that leads to everything, um, that's that's probably the best thing you can mention. CPATheatricals.org. Mm-hmm. Website takes you to our Facebook page, everything else. You can listen to our music of all of our, our shows right there. My... Uh, Semi-weekly, semi-monthly blog is on there, cpatheatricals.org. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being with us again, Larry Little of CPA Theatricals. You're a terrific guest. I love talking to you. Uh, last time I saw you, I think it was when we had lunch out here. I think it was last year sometime. We just sat there just gabbing about theater for, for two hours in, in the hummus restaurant. And, um, it's cool. Love that place. Thanks for oh. joining me. Oh, yes. I mean, we've been there a couple more times. <laughs> and we've gotten delivery from there as well. Oh, oh. yeah. Gotta keep them going. Got to keep them going. Yeah. Trust me, I am. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of takeout and delivery. I mean, same thing as before, but now I have a good excuse. <laughs> what else am I going to add to my visa bill? Anyways. Um, it's marvelous to talk to you. You're so smart and you're uh, so creative. And I, uh, I wish you and CPA theatricals and your, all your teams that you put together there, like so much success and broken legs. I'm thrilled that all these, that you're filling this niche for all these schools. Um, And it's, 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 it's just wonderful. To have Thank you on the so show. Much. It is my pleasure to be here. I love chatting with you. I love your show. Big, big congratulations. Ah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the vows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to my guest, Larry Little of CPA Theatricals. He's so awesome. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at Facebook.com, Your Program Is Your Ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. I am also on Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, and Deezer. In addition, and of course, your program is your ticket, is on iTunes, and it's now featured on the theater website Thespi. Join their website, you'll love it. Also, big major thank you to the amazing Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience 
where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them at my landing page there at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt, which stands for your program is your ticket. Isn't that clever? Um, FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. That really helps to elevate my profile. It would be very nice if you could do that. A quick thanks to North Coast NYC, the hip-hop improv theater ensemble that does my intro and outro music. You might be hearing it right now. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. It's the fastest way you can help. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until our next show, so long, theater people, and Kurt. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.